Yes, g'day and thanks for tuning in to the latest edition of the Duck and Rico's Red Dirt Podcast, broadcasting through Blue Collar Media out here from Duck Creek Central on the banks of the Hawkesbury River. A big thank you to those of you that are tuning in and we certainly do love the feedback as well. Now this week we'll take a look back at Lassiter's Reef, take a drive along the binge track on our desert trail and we'll catch up with Charmaine Perry to get the latest on the bushfires in northern New South Wales, south-east Queensland, and I think there's even some fires right up north near the Cape, so we'll find out what's going on there. Now, the one thing we want to touch on this week as well is the lack of water in large parts of New South Wales. Now, if recent news stories are correct, there will be major towns dry come November, December, unless these places get some real rainfall. Now, it's pouring rain here at the moment, out here at Duck Creek Central, and Warragamber isn't too far away from here. But, gee, I wish we could send some of this water west. You really have to start thinking that with all the water that won't be uh, harvested in the upcoming wet season in the northern parts of the country, Australian governments have really dropped the ball on this issue over the last couple of decades, if not longer. Anyway, we'll have a chat about that as well. We'll shoot the breeze. We'll talk about anything that's uh, got anything to do with the Australian outdoors, of course. And uh, like we always do, we'll get sidetracked. So kick back, grab a, grab a, grab yourself a can, a stubby, a cup of tea, whatever it is that you like to uh, kick back and have a listen to this sort of stuff with and uh, and spend a little bit of time with us two knockabout blokes. We'll get right into it now, Rico. G'day, mate. Hello, mate. How are you travelling? Not bad. Our, what's this, our fourth yeah, podcast? Fourth. Here we are. Yeah, mate. Month in. Here we are, a month in. And uh, look, it's been, and look, depending on when you're listening to this podcast, but at this very moment, it's been pretty warm. And we've had a, we had a, we just got through a pretty warm sort of a weekend, and I went for a bit of a um, went through an afternoon at the Australian Hotel in McGrath's Hill last Sunday for a Are You OK Day fundraiser. Yeah, Jeez, I saw it was that. massive. It was absolutely huge, big lineup of bands and um, and special guests there all afternoon. Jeez, it was a good arvo and. Uh, but mate, it was warm as like it was like how good is this? Everyone's walking around in shorts, t-shirts, thongs. Drinking skewies. Yep, couple of days of 30 degrees, and uh, here we are today. We'll here we are today, and I just yeah. checked the temperature here. It's figures. eight degrees. I've got the fire going. It's pouring rain outside. and uh, But like we say, I mean, it's all right raining here, and uh, look, there's plenty of dams around this district where we are, so that we need a lot of rain. They're talking about rain for the next two or three days. If it keeps up like it is at the moment, it'll be good. Warragam is not far away, but, mate, there are some parts of this country that um, are dry as chips, and I was... I couldn't believe when I um, saw some news stories over the weekend, major towns that are um, about to run out of water. I mean, that is catastrophic. It's scary, isn't it? It certainly is. So we'll get on to that a little bit later on and we'll have a chat about that now. There was one thing, and we'll we'll touch on it as well um, a little bit later, is um, there was a bit of a myth running around that the Tamworth Country Music Festival could be in doubt. Well, that's not exactly right. I've done a little bit of homework there, and um, there's no talk of that happening. Uh, but in coming weeks, we'll have a chat about uh, that as it gets a little bit closer. One person who I'm going to try and get on the uh, podcast today is Greg Donovan. He, he announced the lineup of the Big Red Bash, Rico, this week. Yeah, doesn't that look good? He, oh, no, he's never had a dud lineup. No, oh, he's never had a dud, and uh, we'll certainly have a chat to him, and we might even stick him on the radio as well, uh, because the Big Red Bash is one of those events that everyone seems to head to, and uh, geez, I know a lot of people that have been more than once now, 
Oh, yeah, I've been to a few as well, mate. Yeah, it's incredible, isn't it? I mean, and people started planning for next year already. Yeah, I know. And it's funny, you know, a lot of people start planning, but then they don't go. Like, oh, mate, I'm going to that, I'm going to that, and then the hype goes. And, yeah, it sounds uh, like most of my mates. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> but, but then on the other side of it, there are a lot of people who have been more than once. So if you haven't been to that, you need to do it. And he does have a pretty good lineup for next year's uh, bash, which I know he's had basically in place. He's been planning that. Oh, mate, three months before this year's event. So there's a fair bit goes into it these days. John yeah. Williamson, who started it all, yeah. is back next year. Oh, which that'll, be, be, that'll be awesome. Yeah, it will be good. Yeah, so he'll uh, he'll be back out there. Oh, won't he get a shock? <laughs> I mean, the first time <laughs> he went, hand hey? full of people and a couple of portaloos, and, and there he was. And he's going yeah. to go back all these years later, which isn't all that many years, to be honest. And he's going to get the shock of his life, as did Casey Chambers when she went back this year. She was just dumbfounded. Oh, blown away because uh, she'd already played out there and hadn't played since that time, went back and went, what the hell has happened here? So uh, <laughs> it should be pretty pretty big, mate. But um, look, although we are a little bit of a cold snap at the moment, plenty of snow around. I saw our old mate Vic Woodman last night posting fo- videos of his training centre covered in snow. and Yeah, Goulburn got a fair yeah. old dump last night as well. Yeah, How would you like to be locked up with Vic Woodman in the snow? No, thank you very much. Did you see the video I posted up on Facebook of Vicky? He, he, he posted it and I shared it. But absolutely imbecilic, that's all I'll say. Oh, with the, with the drinking glasses what up. What I'll do is I'll find it. Now, what we can do here is I can actually play the audio. Obviously, it's a podcast and we can't show you the video of it. But this is the imbecility that this bloke carries on with. Now, I'll just find this here. And um, I've got to say, Vic, this is one of your best, mate. And uh, I'll just keep talking here while we find it. Yeah, I've, tra- I've huh? travelled with Vic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's it's, a good bloke. It's a unique experience. <laughs> unique experience, all right. <laughs> I've been out of his trading centre, which is A grade, of course. And um, here we go. Now I've got it here. Let's just push this up here. There's some. Oh, hang on. What have we done here? We've got um, a bit of music playing there. So we'll just do this. This is what we do. It's real. Here he is. Here's Vic. And we'll just turn him back up. Let's get him back in now. Here he is. Wrong slider, mate. Oh, wrong one. Here we go. You should be in charge here. Here we go. Who won? The man with the And just for those again. And this is a man that doesn't drink. <laughs> Yeah, well done, Vic Whitman. There you go. So, oh, uh, my Lord. Anyway, and he doesn't drink. Just imagine if he did drink. Oh, so. could you imagine? So it? that's a podcast on the run as we're trying to do things here. I don't think it'd take much go. to get him drunk. There's not much of him. Uh, no, I wonder if Vic's ever drank. That's a good know. question. I'll ask him that. Yeah. He's, on the, he's on the camping and off-road radio show um, this week, and we'll uh, get him on for that. Look, a big hat's off to him too because that, that actual video, they were out one in a club somewhere out near Broken Hill, I, th- I would imagine. Uh, in that part of the world, and um, him, along with uh, many others, including Peter and Trish Fion, Brad Bell from Outback Signs, went on a run for prostate cancer f- research and, and yep. everything, and uh, raised a lot of money. I know last week we spoke to him on the radio, and they were over ninety grand at that point. Yeah, it's impressive, isn't it? For those of you who don't know who Vic Whitman is, jump online and, and look him up. He's uh, he's a driver trainer, but he's also done a lot of work over the years. Um, in magazines and things like that as well. So 
he's written a lot of books on four-wheel driving and, and, you know, that's his living now. He just teaches people how to do it and then takes them away on tag-along mm. tours. And he's a bit of an icon yeah. these days, the old Vic. Well, he thinks he is. Great Divide Tours is the name of his business, so you need to check it out. And the good thing about it is people that are just getting into the four-wheel drive scene and want to travel and they're not sure about doing it on their own, they just go with Vic. And um, Vic can certainly... Uh, and his team. And his team. Yeah. And, and who my mate Brad, Brad Bell, is a part of now, and which is astonishing considering he runs a pretty good... You, you know Brad. Yeah, I know Brad. I've well. known Brad for over 20 years. and uh, He's signed written all of my four drives. Yeah, he's uh, he's still doing it. He does all the vehicles um, for all the shows. He does ours. He does Vic's. He does Macquarie Media's vehicles as well. Yeah. But uh, he's been taking a bit of a step out from the business and going to do some stuff with Vic. And he likes it because he gets paid to go four-wheel driving and touring the country. Not sure how much Vic pays, but anyway. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it's, and look, if you're worried about going on these big trips on your own, well, you're in Vic. Yeah, safety, it's a great way to do it. Safety in numbers. Yeah, and you meet, you meet people that you, you'll become lifelong friends with them. You know, you, you've shared something special together, one of those great journeys, and you go to some iconic destinations, you know, the high country, the desert, mm. Cape York, the Kimberley. Tassie, you name it, he goes there. And uh, I'll tell you what, you'll have a heap of fun. I've run into him on the road several times as well with groups. And mm. uh, it, it's just a happy, cheery campsite to be in. Everyone's having a ball. Yes, exactly right. So, uh, and not only that, I mean, you, you'll find that, and I've asked Vic this question, when people go on the trips with him, they, they'll travel back together. Yeah. Because they usually meet somewhere. It's not as if they all meet at Vic's place and off they go. They, I mean, with that, with that uh, recent Darling river run they did um, last week. They, I think they all met in Lightning Ridge. So all these people sort of made their way there and then off they went. So I think what happens is they all sort of become friends on the trip and then they all travel back together and they plan their own trips. Yeah. So yeah, it's a good thing. Yeah, well, you, learn, you learn a lot. Learn Although a lot. he's a bit of a lunatic, uh, he's a good man. And like you say, the driver training centre, I've been down there and it's a fantastic facility. So good on you, Victor. And well done on last week, mate, because I know he, he dedicates his time for that. Now, mate, this week... We're going to um, our Rico's Australia Rediscovered. It's a beauty this week, mate. Tell us a bit about that. Yeah, mate. Lassiter's Reef. So I'm a bit of a um, I'm a bit of a sucker when it comes to to gold prospecting and all that sort of thing. I was actually going to go out this weekend and have a bit of a, a swing around with the detector, but the weather's not looking great, so yeah. probably give it a miss. You get into that, do you? Oh, I love it. Yeah. Love it. It was funny, you see, we were out at um, just out near Oberon one time. What's that park out there? The big national park. Near Abron, the, the name escapes me. Oh, Abercrombie's down there. Abercrombie's, that's where we were yeah. anyway. So we were in there and there were a stack of people camping and little pockets in there and a couple of the campgrounds as well. But we went down the, right down the bottom where the creek's running through and there was a, these blokes had those things. Yep. And uh, made the little shovel with them and the, yeah, that's right. the that's, detector and just that's digging what I'll up do, mate. I'll, I'll just wander around through the bush swinging the detector and uh, yeah. got me a little pickaxe on the side and... Yeah. So you got you got your own detector. Oh yeah, yeah. Have you ever found anything worth anything? Or? Oh, I've got a couple of flakes at home, mate. Nothing exciting. Have you found anything else? Like you might find. Oh uh, yeah, heaps, heaps. You know, like an old Jack Daniels sign or something. That's oh, nothing like that. You know, I've found a couple of old spurs and horseshoes and yeah, right. a lot of twenty-two cartridges, three or threes. Heaps just of them out, around. out in the bush. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, last trip I did was out to Safala. Yep. And yeah. Now found nothing but bullet casings that day. Yeah, right. Yeah, you'll find a bit of gear out there. There's a fair bit of history in that little area as well. That's a beautiful part of New yeah. South Wales so oh, far. Man, it's just a great excuse to get out and explore some areas you haven't been to. You know, mm. there's lots of crown land out there where you're allowed to go and do this stuff, and they're just littered with four-wheel drive tracks. So mm. it's the best of both worlds for me. Yeah, no, it, um, 
You know, exactly. So you'll talk a bit about that? Yeah, Lassiter's Reef, mate. Um, you know, that's it's the, the fabled massive gold reef out there in Central Australia somewhere that, that Lassiter said was there, but no one's been able to find. So, yeah, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that story. All right, no worries. Now, our desert track this week, we're going to talk the binge track. Yeah, the binge track. That's a cracker. Have you ever done that one? No. Oh, mate, you're missing out. That goes through some spectacular country. It's um, look, There's a few little challenges along the way, a little bit of low-range driving, but for the most part, it's reasonably easy going. A um, couple of thousand Ks, definitely worth putting on your list. Yeah, fantastic. And we love to do that for people so they can go out and check these places out for themselves. And, uh, mate, you got anything coming up, trips, things? Just um, You're just working on the new project Still at the working on the new project, mate. Getting closer by the day, not too far away now. So Yeah, happy days. That'll, that'll be a cool trip. We'll, um, we'll end up in the Gulf. So Yeah, good should, stuff. Should be terrible. Just yeah. terrible. <laughs> it's pretty, I love it up there. Oh, mate. How good is it? If you get up, when you get up there, you make sure you go to the Normanton pub and ask. Are you going to go through Normanton? Yeah, I believe so. Well, go and see Frog, my man Frog at the Normanton Hotel. Frog. Frog. You know what his nickname's Frog, which is, you think, God, how did the bloke end up with a nickname like Frog? Now, he's running the pub up there in, the, in Normanton, and he's he's got the nickname of Frog. He was he was a Navy diver. Oh, there you go. In a, in a previous life where he'd um, diffuse, like, under, <laughs> underwater mines. Wow. I mean... Imagine, <laughs> imagine getting on the drink. Well, you wouldn't with, want to get it wrong, would you? Getting on the drink with... The duck and the frog. Mate, he's, oh, mate, he's a great bloke. But let me tell you, could you imagine getting that job wrong? No, well, you'd only do it once. No, exactly. It's going to be, push. what was that noise? Look at that water going up there. Yeah. Yeah, no, but no, yeah, so that's how we got the nickname Frog. Uh, yeah, because that was his, he was the, I had, a, I had a mate of mine, actually, who's a um, demo from Nord's Wharf, Nord's Wharf, North. Nord's Wharf up near Newcastle. Yep. I had a couple of mates here who live right on the water there on Lake Macquarie and, uh, one of them mates here, Damo, who uh, in a former life, he was also a Navy diver. Now, you remember the bloke down in Sydney Harbour a few years ago that got um, attacked by the bull shark? Yep. Well, he, he filled in for Damo that day because Damo had to do a course. <laughs> and that would have been, yeah. And, yeah, uh, yeah, wow. Yeah, he actually filled. Damo was on, had to go and do some course somewhere or some sort of study and, and our mate filled in for him and got attacked by the bull shark. But I've got to tell you, he's... He's uh, he's no no longer in the navy, but we were we were at um, blacksmiths near Newcastle yeah, on the, the beach, beach there, there, where you're allowed to well, obviously allowed to drive on the beach and all that. Some good beach driving up around there, and the surf that day was enormous, absolutely enormous. It was a stinking hot day, very very windy. I, actually, I almost got taken out by sand flies, which I didn't find out out until later. <laughs> yep, in the night. Yes, <laughs> as you do. But, uh, and it was funny, as we drove on to the blacksmiths, there were signs everywhere, sand flies in this area. I've never been done by a sand fly in my life. I've never been right? done by one there. Yeah, right. Anyway, signs there, use personal repellent, blah, blah, blah. So here's me. I've got cans of Bushmen in the back of the four-wheel drive, as I always have them in there, out of it in there anyway. And I just gone, oh, mate, they've never got, they've never got me. <laughs> How stupid Famous was I? Famous last words. Mate, I'll tell you what, mate. When I say nearly took me out, it, was, it got pretty pretty bad. But anyway, in the meantime, I'll get back to that. But in the meantime, we're up there on the beach. So Damo grabs a flipper. Like the surf was wild ass. Like yep. you just looked at it and thought, there's no going in there. It was enormous. Grabs a big flipper out of the back of his four-wheel drive and runs in as a swim. And you should have seen him go, mate. It was just yeah. unbelievable, yeah. No fear, no, you know, plenty of confidence. And obviously he's a, 
Obviously, he's a pretty good swimmer. Navy diver, mate. Yeah. yeah. I think it's, I what think a unique set of occupational hazards those blokes have. Oh, I reckon so. Uh, but he went for a swim. But, mate, just on them sand flies, I've got to tell you, Rico, I don't know if we get sidetracked here. So about, I got done by the sand flies. So the big rule is you don't scratch them, so then you just break that rule and scratch them and scratch oh, them and scratch them. Right? And um, mate, I had all sorts of blokes, you know, up there saying, mate, you've got to put toothpaste on them and you've got to do this <laughs> and all that. And there was this um, local chemist there, because apparently it's a, it's a bit renowned for them there, right? Really? I mean, Swansea and blacksmiths and I've all that. I've been there a hundred, hundred times on that beach. I've never been done. Well, anyway, I'm just letting you know, I got done. So... What happened, I went went to the chemist and they've said, yeah, look, this thing was developed by somebody in North Queensland. It's a great ointment, put this on. Used all that. Anyway, all good. Just kept scratching them until, you know, until they bled, basically. Yeah. Right? So I then, about, I don't know, a week later I'm at home here and, geez, my leg's you know, getting pretty sore here, you know. So it was, that, it was like it was coming up red and it was... Yeah, you know, like sunburn. So now I'm having a few beers and I've just, you know, sitting on the side of the pool. It's getting a bit of relief, put water on it. And the next day I had to go to Wellington. I go to Musselbrook, then I had to go to Wellington. Yep. Well, the afternoon, I thought, mate, what the hell is going on here? So I I went to um, to the local chemist in Wellington. I said, look, have you got any sort of cream for this? What is this? And, you know, so that, I said, oh, you've got hives. Have you been in long grass? And I went, I mean, long grass. I mean, how would I go on? Anyway, so that's what it is. It's hives. Put this on. So they, they gave me some this ointment called Soothe. So I put that on, right? In the morning, I peeled the Soothe off in one big piece, right? <laughs> I thought, what is going on? So I've come back I've come back down um, from Wellington, come back home, had to go to Coldy's. I walk into Coldy's and Coldy says to me, mate, you got cellulitis on your leg. I thought, hang on, Dr. Coley, how would you know? He's, and I said, what are you? I said, mate, there's something going on. I said, it's killing me. He goes, that's what it is. He said, I've had that. You better go straight to a doctor. He goes, that's pretty bad. So I go, oh, mate, bugger that. So I go to the chemist here, and the chemist says, that's cellulitis. You better go straight to the doctor. So I go to the doctor, and I said, mate, what is this? And he goes, mate, that's cellulitis, he then gets a texter and draws this line across my leg. Yep. He it gives me these tablets. Here. He says, if it goes past there, don't come back here, don't pass go, go straight to the hospital. He goes, you could, you could lose your leg for something like this. I've yep. shit myself. I've gone, what? Anyway, when it was caused, anyway, luckily I got the tablets into me and just pumped them in and, and, and it went away and I've never had it since, touch wood. If you heard that, that's been tapping my head. But um, I... Uh, I couldn't believe it, but it was caused by the sandfly bites. Well, there you go. You know what? Yeah. Uh, while Mel was, my Mrs. Mel was recovering in hospital recently from her surgery, in the bed next to her was a bloke who had cellulitis that turned into septicemia, and fair neck and the top half of his leg was gone. Michael, if you're listening, I hope you're well, mate. But uh, yeah. tell you what, it was pretty gruesome to look at. Yeah, right. No, well, mate, I can tell you now, it was uh, it was very, very painful at the time, and I haven't had it since. But now, I don't forget to spray the. Um, the Bushman's on. Yeah, I use a I mean, product called to... Nature's Botanicals, yeah. which um, which I got from up the Cape, and yep. it's golden. Yeah. It works really, really well. Yeah, well, the big thing is they don't like DEET. Now, I don't know what's in DEET, but apparently Australia has, I, I, I think Bushman's Plus. The, yeah, the old 40% Bushman, DEET. Well, Bushman's Plus, you can get it in a tube, which is 80%. Really? The cream, yeah. But apparently in America, like it's... Like it's ba- it's yeah. bad. I don't yeah, know yeah. what it, what it, if anyone knows what's in deep, send an email to 
Uh, info at rickowintheduck.com.au. Yeah, what is DEET? We want to know what DEET is. Because I reckon if you put a number <laughs> after the word DEET, mm. it sounds a whole lot worse. Yeah, DEET, like, DEET 416. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. It sounds <laughs> like one of those places you're allowed to go into with, high, right. with high fences. Yeah, <laughs> so... Um, but anyway, so but yeah, that's where you get the good stuff up around the Cape because obviously they've got the big mozzies and all the Cape yeah, that's sand right, flies. And when we went up the Cape uh, a little bit after that, I actually took tubes of that ointment and I took Bushman's and yep. and I just made sure. And then there was a lot of people getting done on Fraser when we were there. Western Christmas. side of Fraser is the worst sand flies I've ever yeah, seen. Yeah, well, there were people getting done there and uh, we were on Fraser just after Christmas this year and uh, I took plenty of it with me as well. And... Um, the thing that got me it wasn't the sand flies and uh, that got me there. It was the uh, the March flies. Now, yeah, what were March yeah. flies doing out in January? Oh, those dirty buggers. Yeah, They're yeah. the worst. Anyway, so uh, but but anyway, the old Bushman's Plus came in pretty handy. And the trouble with it is because whatever's in that deed, it gets a bit oily. So when you're in the sand, yeah, I oh, mean, it stinks you'd, too. It, apart from that, you just look filthy. <laughs> but it's better. Than, it's better than being itchy. Oh, too right. Anyway, uh, sand flies are the worst. So, mate, just keep fishing and drinking beer, mate, and that's, <laughs> that's my motto. Anyway, mate, all right. Well, we should get into it. We got uh, you're going to get into the. Uh, I guess we just kick off. How do you want to start this this week, Rico? Let's do the bins track, mate. The desert track. All right, we'll do that now. Eh? Let's get into it. And our little sting tune there. Don't forget a little bit later on, Charmaine Perry, Shazza for all you fans. We'll be back to talk to us about the fires. But in the meantime, Rico, take it away. All right, the bins track. So uh, if you are going to the Northern Territory or you're going to cross the desert, the Simpson Desert, and end up in Mount Dare, this is one that you've got to put on your list. So if you're coming from Mount Dare, you're going to end up at a place called Timber Creek, which is uh, probably a couple of hundred k south of Darwin, uh, not too far from Kakadu and... Litchfield and all those great places. So there's heaps and heaps to see in and around this whole track. So this track runs for uh, 2,191 kilometres. Obviously, you don't need to do the whole thing. It um, it crosses quite a few highways. So it crosses the Plenty Highway, crosses the Stewart Highway, uh, and quite a few more. So you, you can break it up into sections, which is great. So you run through towns like Tennant Creek and Alice Springs and things like that as well. So fuel isn't going to be too much of an issue. Now, if you, if you do choose to do the entire track you're going to pass through some pretty spectacular country there's the Gregory National Park uh, which was named after the explorer Augustus Gregory the Davenport Ranges um, the East McDonald Ranges and of course the mighty Simpson Desert the western edge of that so some of the highlights to check out along the way is the old Andado homestead so if you're starting down the bottom like you've crossed the Simpson Desert you've ended up in Mount Dare which is my favourite pub in the whole country the Bins track starts there at the pub which is uh very, very handy. So, yeah, you'll start heading north and you're headed into the Old Andado Homestead and the Matt Clark Conservation Reserve, which is a pretty interesting place. Have you ever been to Old Andado, mate? No. Oh, that's a cracker. Absolute cracker. It's, it's amazing to see just how people live right out there in the middle of the country on, you know, literally on the edge of the Simpson Desert. It's just insane. And, um, and the Matt Clark Conservation Reserve, which is a few k's up the road, it, it has these particular trees called acacia puce, which un, uh, are found in two other places in the entire world. And it's bizarre because you've just got this mighty open plain as far as the eye can see with this one small stand of trees. There's probably, I don't know, three dozen trees there, right in the middle of nowhere. It's just totally bizarre. But they're thriving there and, uh, yeah, very, very weird. Ruby Gap is another 
jaw-droppingly beautiful place that you can check out along the way as well. So in Ruby Gap, you'll follow the Hale River, which uh, at this time of the year will be dry, and you'll actually drive along the riverbed in certain areas and across it a few times, and I've camped down there. It's a spectacular place, Ruby mm-hmm. Gap. You've got to go and check that place out if you haven't been up that way. Um, yeah, and there's some good low-range four-wheel driving to be had there as well, and a bit of a walk at the end where you can go right down to the end of this gorge and, and go into the swimming hole there. Mm. It's freezing, freezing cold water too. Did you go in? I didn't, mate, no. no for, how do you it's cold then? Uh, Dave went in. Fair enough. Yeah, producer Dave went in. Um, the Hearts Range is another place that you'll come across on this track. Now, this is a beautiful part of the track. This is probably, for me, the, the standout part of the track that I did. It was just stunning scenery. But the Hearts Range is um, it's full of semi-precious gemstones. So garnets are the big one that you'll find out there, and the garnets aren't worth a great deal. But if you go to the Gem Tree Caravan Park, it's about 6Ks up from... Uh, from where the binge track intersects the Plenty Highway, the guys offer guided fossicking tours, so that's well worth doing as well. Mm. But, uh, we found plenty, plenty, but, and are worth about three bucks. Yeah, right, okay, <laughs> fair enough. But it was good fun, it was good fun. Um, keep going north and you'll come into the Devil's Marbles Conservation Area, and that's mm. an absolute must-do. So set up camp there and watch the sunset behind those big iconic rocks. Mm. You know, I love the Devil's Marbles, I've been there. Yeah, well, that's something you're mm. not going to experience anywhere else in the world, that sort it's, of a it's, thing. It's funny, you know, we were speaking about it on the radio the other week with Vic Widman, and it's funny how they're just there. Yeah, that's right. It's like someone has got a big handful of them and threw them there and they grew. It's yep. just, they're not anywhere else, they're just there in that one spot. Yeah, it's like those, those trees. Yeah. It's just bizarre. Yeah, it's incredible, the, isn't the it? things you come across, like the, the lone gum in the middle of the desert. Mm. You know, it's just one of those anomalies that's worth checking out. So set up camp there, yeah, it's something you won't experience anywhere else in the world. Now, 90 k's further up the road, you'll come into Tennant Creek. So visit the, um, the Aboriginal Music Centre there, that's a heap of fun. So mm. you, you've got guys there that, um, that have played all around the world with you know, big bands like the the bloke who runs the joints played with the Red Hot Chili Peppers. And, yeah, right. Oh, you name it. And, and they invite you to come and jam with them as well. Mm. Yeah, right, okay. So that's a heap Did of fun. Did you do that? You were bringing a guitar? No, man? I didn't have any guitar, mate. Oh, fair enough. But, uh, so Tenor Creek is, it's actually a pretty interesting place. Have you been to Tenor Creek? Yes, I have. Yeah, I've been so there, camp there. It's, um, it, it became famous around the gold time, I suppose. Mm. Uh, 1930s for Tenor Creek is when the gold rush mm. was on. So there's plenty of relics and stuff like that to go on exploring as well if you're into that sort of thing. It gets a bit of a bad rap tenant creek in a lot of areas. I mean, look, some parts of it do need a lot of help and maybe a few of these pollies in Canberra need to go and spend a few weeks out there and see how they can help. Yeah, well, you look, know the same I mean? could be said of a lot of those remote well, towns. Well, mate, I know for a fact Walga gets a huge rap, bad rap, you know, and really, I mean, I've spent time in Walga only recently and I've got mates there and, yep. and uh, mate, it's not a bad town. I mean... <laughs> oh, there's a, bun- there's a bunch of them like that, isn't there? Yeah, of course. Well, Kenya's um, another one. Yeah, so I mean, like there's like, these places, but Tennant Creek, if you, well, mate, if you if you're doing the run from through the territory, you know, you're, you're you're going to go through there. So. Yeah, so you might as well go the fun way. Yeah, exactly. Stay, stay off the highway. You, mm. You'll find little sections where you've got to do a bit of mm. travel up the highway to get to the next section of the track. Mm. But, um, you know, that's the way it goes. All right, so where do we go from there? We keep going north, and we ended up... Uh, you'll go to the Victoria River Downs Cattle Station, which is one of the biggest cattle stations in the Territory. And they offer scenic flights over Nipmaluk, which is um, what used to be known as Catherine Gorge, yep. which is just spectacular. I've done a fair bit of bushwalking through Catherine Gorge, and, and that was just amazing. You don't look like a bushwalker. I don't, no. Mm, no fair enough. Uh, 
Don't judge a book by its cover, mate. I'm not. I just said you don't look like a bush a bushwalker. Are you calling me fat? Because that's no, what I'm not. Hearing. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm just saying you don't yeah, look like a bushwalker. I mean, Vic Whitman reckons he's a bushwalker. He doesn't. Are you, what does what does a bushwalker look like? I don't know. They sort of everyone. All the bushwalkers I've seen wear like those. They wear long clothes, nets over their faces, and carry big sticks. <laughs> those prod things. Fair yeah, when you go out to the bush and you see random cars just parked there, they're the yeah, bushwalkers. That's right. Mm. Now, look, I've got to be honest, I'm not a big bushwalker, but this one was pretty spectacular. No, it was the gorge. Well, mate, I walked through. Where did I walk? Was it the Simpsons <laughs> to, Gap? To the beer fridge? I've done that plenty of times. <laughs> Actually, I run there. Yeah, no. Um, was it, was it, I think, was it Stanley Chasm? Stanley, Stanley Chasm? Stanley Chasm, yeah, walked in there. That's not a big walk. Yeah. Was for me the day I was there. There was a thousand people in there, all trying to get up that little hill. We went and shot at Stanley Chasm, and um, next day we ended up at Kings Canyon. Yeah, or actually Kings Creek, just up the road from from Kings Canyon. Yeah, and uh, we woke up the next morning, and the crews come and said, "We've got to go back to Stanley Chasm and Lambert's Centre of Australia because we erased all the footage." Oh, you go do it again? Yeah, we had to go and do it again. And then, whenever that happens, you've already done your best stuff. Oh, absolutely. And we had a spectacular interview with uh, with a lady called Danica who worked there who was amazing. Mm. And, uh, yeah, the next one was nowhere near as good. Yeah. How often does that happen when you're doing something? You're that's recording. the only time that's happened to us. Yeah, when you record something and then you realise it was a bit of a stuffer, you had to redo it. You never, ever redo it. Yep. No, we, we've never deleted footage from, you know, an, an entire couple of days shooting, mm. which we did. Oh, well. Yeah, and that was right towards the end of the trip too. Yeah, so. Someone get in trouble for that? We we had an intern with us on that trip. Yeah, right. Yeah. How how is he going working at Woolworths these days? Oh, mate, he's lucky he didn't get killed to death <laughs> out there in the middle of the desert. I'll tell you what. Fair enough. Yeah, so Tenor Creek, definitely worth exploring. You go up the road, you've got Victoria River Downs Cattle Station. They do the flights over Nipmalark and Kakadu. Yep. Kakadu is just spectacular, especially from the air. The Humbert River Track. There's some more good four-wheel driving, so it's a little bit further north again. There's a bunch of river crossings and some jump-ups, so make sure the hubs are locked in for that part of the track, a little bit more challenging than, than some of the rest of it. And just south of Timber Creek is a place called Limestone Gorge, which is home to a spectacular swimming hole that's surrounded by enormous gorge walls. It's just one of those unique Northern Territory experiences that mm. you, you really do need to go there and experience it for yourself, you know, looking at it on a, a video or in a magazine mm. or anything. I love the Territory. It doesn't do it justice. The Territory is amazing. Mm. Well, you're it's sitting here my computer's on here and screensaver on one of the screens here is the um, Northern Territory border just near Camerwheel. Yep. We're all standing under the sign there. Welcome to the Territory. Road train in the distance. I'll just bring that up for you. For you people at home, you're not going to be able to see it, but there it is. And that was a few years ago, Rico, that shot. But there, um, There's a similar sign to that on the Plenty Highway when mm. you come across from Queensland. You go from Mount Isa over towards Alice, mm. and, and the uh, the spelling in the word Territory is actually wrong. They've got three R's in it. Yeah, right, okay. But they just left it there. Yeah, well, when you look at that shot there, and um, I should put that back up on our social media, but that shot's a few years ago. The young bloke's actually a lot taller than me now, <laughs> and he actually owns that four-wheel drive now. Oh, so, there you go, the old yeah. hand-me-down. Yes. Oh, well, mate, he's, he's, he's not complaining. Yeah, so Limestone Gorge, you, you've also got um, a bit of walking around there as well. You can go check out the Dolomite and Crater formations. You know what Dolomite is? No. You would, you would have seen it in Stanley Chasm. It's, uh, it's basically a green rock, which is a result of magma that's come up through the... Through oh, yeah, the, yeah, the yeah, 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 I know what you're talking about now, yeah. yes, yeah. And, it, and it's much softer than the most of the other stuff around it. Mm. So, 
And it's also an indicator that there might be gold nearby. Yeah, right. So there you go. In with your detector, you go, mate. Oh, mate, I'll be in there like Flynn. Don't worry about that. The last place you need to check out is uh, probably one of my favourite things is the Gregory tree. So it's a large old Boab tree that has the arrival and departure dates blazed into it by the Augustus Gregory Exploring Party from 1855. And that's located right on the banks of the Victoria River, which also happens to be home to some pretty spectacular barramundi fishing. Right. And some pretty spectacular crocodiles. Fair enough. <laughs> so you want to stand a little bit further back from the bank than you normally might. Now, to do the binge track from, from start to finish, I reckon you've got to budget around eight to ten days. Mm. Um, best time to do it would be May through to around about September. So just get out there and experience it. It, yep. it is spectacular. Yep. You couple that up with a desert crossing, wow, what a trip. Yep, fantastic. And uh, like we say, there's certainly something to be said for the Northern Territory. And uh, I've got. So we're not going to go into it right here now, but I'm working on another project with somebody and we're going to be up in that region and I can't wait to do that. And it won't be until next year, but the plans are underway and we'll be up in that region again. And I just love the Northern Territory. There's just something about it. It's just it's a different way of life. Oh, we've got a bloke who comes on our on our radio program named Waddy who runs Glen Watts. He runs um, barefoot fishing safaris in oh, yeah, yeah, Northern I've heard Territory him. in Darwin. And uh, mate, just talking to him, he's just got a complete different outlook on things. Yeah, well, they've it's just the, amazing. The saying "territory time" sort of sums up. Northern mm. Territory people, doesn't it? You know? Yeah, absolutely. You get it done when you get it done. Yeah, that's for sure, mate. And uh, you would have, how many times have you been up in the Territory? You would have been out there plenty oh, of times. Oh, a handful times, of times, mate. Yeah. yeah. Not enough. Not, not enough? <laughs> I'd love to be there now. Yeah. Oh, mate, who wouldn't want to be up there now? I mean, like, at the, at the end of the day, it's the, it's, it's the real Australia, I reckon. I love it. Yeah, even Darwin, you know. Normally I'm not a big city person, but even Darwin's just. Uh, a unique experience, you know. You go and check out the markets at Mindel Beach and watch the sunset there. It's just special. Mm. The, the War Memorial just out of Darwin is incredible. Yeah, there's nothing about the territory I don't love. Have you been? To, have you been to the? Um, have you been to the um, Transport Hall of Fame in Alice Springs? No, no. That I was one thing I wanted to do. When we got to Alice Springs, I thought, look, we went and did all these things, and I said, I want to go to the Transport Hall of Fame. Yep. Because uh, I've got a couple, I know a couple of people who were named in there and things like that, and um, I just want to check it out. And mate, we just ran out of time. Yeah, I've been to Alice a few times, and same deal. It's only mm. just there, you know, do yeah. maintenance on the four drives and and catching up on a few bits and pieces, and off again. That's it, mate. All right. Well, in the meantime, that is the binge track. So make sure you check that one out. It is a beauty, and um, and like we say, that there's plenty of places to see and do in the Northern Territory. Go, make sure you. You know, you leave on the right time of the year because you don't want to be going up there in the wet season and oh, it's no. too hot and things like that. Yeah, that'll so, take the fun right out of your day. Yeah, exactly right. So if you're going out that way, make sure you check out um, check out the weather, what's going to suit you and what your plans are, and make sure you take plenty of time off to do it. Oh, too right. You, you don't do, want to be rushing it. You don't want to be rushing it. You want you don't want to be out there just driving past all those good places. In the meantime, I think it's time we got our mate Shazaron Charmaine Perry, who's going to talk to us about the bushfires in parts of northern New South Wales. There's certainly some in Queensland as well. And I saw something um, this morning. In fact, the old Telegraph tracks closed. Did you see that? There was a posting about that. No, I didn't. Uh, due to the fires. So anyway, Shazza should be on the line. We hope so. You're on the line there, Shazza? I am. Hey, guys. Hey, Shazza. How are you going? Very good. That's What's happening with these fires? Yeah, so there's the least to be around 70 fires that are still burning across 
Queensland and New South Wales at the moment. Wow. And um, my brother's actually been fighting the fires uh, that have started up in the Guy Fawkes National Park. So that's near Ebor in uh, the New South Wales Northern Tablelands. Yeah, right. I so see your brother's up there fighting them, is he? Yeah. Oh, let's hope let's everything's all right, eh? Yeah, right. Yes. What's the weather doing yes. up there today? Is it uh, is it like Sydney or is it or is it uh, still no good for fires? Yeah, they're hoping that there might be a bit of rain, um, but it's not forecast for much. Only about one to five millimeters or something in some areas, um, but but not all of the areas. And when we're talking about this fire, I mean it's ninety three thousand hectares of fires that are burning up there at the moment. Wow! So that's outrageous. You know, that's huge. You know, so it, it has been um, been tough for the firefighters, but um, you know they are you know trying to get it under control as much as they can and, and try and save as many homes and um, and farms as they can as well. Oh, no. You know, and and the thing, yeah, the thing about this this fire is they do believe that it was um, lit by lightning. Um, and that's what they're actually worried about today up in Queensland in the Darling Downs area because they are lightning strikes up there and about a hundred kilometer winds. Wow. So those together aren't a great combination. And you know, as we know, this area is still reeling from the bushfires that burnt through farmland and destroyed four homes there last week. So they are on alert. That's incredible, isn't it? And I, I think in parts of um, New South Wales, in particular, the, the, the mountains, the Blue Mountains, and things like that around Sydney, we've had no rain. No, well, it's raining today. Yeah. But I mean, there's this. The rain that we're getting here today... This will keep the dust down. That's it's keeping the dust down, the water the gardens. It's not... It, look, it's, mm. it's pretty constant, but we need... I mean, like... I mean, we're blessed that we, we're we getting something, but, I mean, there are parts of the country that aren't getting anything. But the fact that it was such a dry winter, I mm. mean, you know, it's going to be a big problem because, you know, yourself, you some of those hot days, those big winds pick up, then you'll get an afternoon storm, lightning, bang, drama. Yeah, and the scary thing is it's not even summer yet. Yeah, exactly. No, that's right. Well, it doesn't and, feel like summer today here, Shazza. We've got the fire going here today. <laughs> exactly. I saw that little post on Instagram. Yes, well, that's very, right. very uh, proud to see you on Instagram now, Doc. Look, I know I've become a bit of an Instagram sensation, Shazza. I just want to wrap myself <laughs> I've know. been on it now for about just over a week, and I think I've got I over – I clocked up a 1,000 <laughs> fans on the weekend. Apparently, that's pretty good in a week. Yeah, Absolutely. I don't know. Oh, I was. I mean, the people, the people I've been talking to have got like you know fifty and hundred thousand fans. But what do you call them? Followers. Followers on Instagram. Followers. Yep. Oh, fair that's enough. Right. Are you on the Twitter? I won't be going on that. No, me either. No. no I could just imagine. Are you on Twitter, Shazza? I am, but I'm not very active on Twitter. Right. Um, I'll go on there to you know check. Um, you know releases and, and keep up to date with stuff to do with news but I don't really post on there myself but uh, I don't think you I know, could bring it is myself. great for instant info look I'd get into a lot of trouble in the shed on the cans <laughs> and then just start just you know put my opinions start out tweeting there, stuff uh, in yeah. a whole new light I, could, I couldn't bring myself to tweet no, I won't be going on I Twitter. I won't be tweeting. I, I, don't even know how to use, I don't even know how to use Instagram. In fact, I really don't know how to use Facebook either. Actually, I think I am on Twitter. <laughs> I think I think my Facebook account is connected to it and it automatically just posts on Twitter. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, mate, I won't be going on there. Um, I, I've got no interest. In fact, you know what? Everyone thinks it's the whole world. I, I don't, oh, no. I think there's only... I, I saw somewhere the other day, look, it's less than 20% of the population, the world's population are on it. 
on Twitter. Mm. Well, there you go. So, so but anyway, I, I, I like Facebook it's not for and, me. and YouTube. They're, they're just taking over the world. Yeah, I'll stick to that. Well, I've got to learn how to use that, Shazza. I don't, I don't know how to do things. I don't know how to post I stories. I mean, you're going and... pretty well. The posts that I've seen at the moment, yeah, yeah. you're getting there, but you've just got to get these um, Insta videos going as well. Yeah, that's what I've been told. Up. Yeah, I've been told yeah. that. I've got to put stories on. Yeah, that's right. right. Well, I've not even got any stories to tell, but anyway, we'll work that out. <laughs> oh, come on. I'm, I'm learning here as we go as well because I'm yeah. not a big Insta person either. I've been more active on Facebook. Yeah. I, I switch to Instagram now. I just love, yeah, that mode of What's the difference? Storytelling. Well, Facebook, um, like Instagram, I feel, you know, you put less words on it, tell the story through the pictures. Facebook, I feel like it's all about words. Yeah, I, I think pictures. it's a generational thing too. I think you'll find yeah. the younger crowd are on, on Insta. And, uh, and, right. and the more mature audiences on Facebook. I flock into Facebook. I'm 55, yeah. Shazza. Yeah, I didn't say old. I just said more mature. Mm. <laughs> more mature, that's right. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I don't know if that's true either. <laughs> I'll put this new invoice system in me. I'll put this new invoice system in the um, in the Mac. I've got a Mac as well oh, now. Look, look at you go. So I've got I've got the computer oh, and I've got a MacBook, a MacBook Pro. Anyway, I, I was struggling. Uh, anyway, so I've had to ring up the mob who would do it. And I thought, what happened to the days when you just had an invoice book? <laughs> you filled it out, you tore out a copy, you mailed it, and then got a check back. That's right, and you put your carbon paper into the next one. <laughs> exactly. I mean, when the carbon paper came out, well, you didn't have to do that, where it was actually in the part. I thought, mate, I thought that was high tech. Yeah. Remember the old age, you'd slide the old bit of blue carbon paper in? So anyway, this doesn't have much to do with the fires, does yeah, it? Yeah, I know that. So... <laughs> So Shazza, look, I mean, we shouldn't make light of it because they no, are bad, no. and I mean, I know that up around no, the Sunshine they... Coast as well, they're terrible, and um, and, and this is going aren't... to be a big worry. This is this will be something that'll be in the news just about every week over the next few months. There'll be fires. There's always fires burning somewhere, yeah. And there's nothing yeah. worse when they get close to homes. Well, well people and, that live and in sheds those and things like that. People that live in those high risk areas. What can they do to to sort of you know minimise the risk to their properties? Well, the, the number one thing before even, you know, minimising all of the risk, one thing that I do want to emphasise, which, um, you know, the New South Wales Fireys have been emphasising, if someone comes and knocks on your door and tells you to evacuate, do it. Yeah, don't ask you know, questions. You, the, longer, the longer you leave it, the more chance you've got of these bushfires, you know, because you might go, oh, the bushfire's over there, but you've got burning embers that can travel. So all of a sudden you might end up with a roadblock you know, trees blocking roads. So the number one thing when you are asked, and this is what they're emphasising everybody, just to listen to their advice. They're out there. They're seeing what's going on. Um, you know, so please listen to any advice that, that you're given by fireys or the authorities as well. Well, I know the New South, you know? Wales, the New South Wales Rural Fire Service have a plan, have your fire plan. Yeah, you know, clean your gutters. Yeah. Do th- you know, clear clear up around your house if you've got trees close by. Trim them back, things like that. Mm-hmm. Keep you know water at the ready, um, you know. And then when it gets close, fill your gutters up with water and things like that. But uh, yeah, you need to have a fire plan, and you need to. Have, and like you say, if if someone knocks on your door and says, "Look, you better go," just go. Yeah, Gee, really yeah. Uh, no you know, questions. Uh, I mean, everyone worries. Yeah, people worry about you know there's sentimental things and photographs and stuff like that. Uh, mate, they're no good to you if you're not around to look at them. Too right. You know, so just mate, yeah. just go. I mean, just, seriously, just you know, get out and go because they're not telling you for uh, you know for nothing. They're telling you because it's your life's in danger. 
So um, That's right. And, you know, the, the really sad thing that we have seen, um, you know, amongst all of this at the moment too is that, you know, especially up in the Gold Coast hinterland, it's believed that arson's to blame for some of these fires. And, mm. you know, the, the arson that's believed to have lit the fires up there has actually destroyed 11 homes, mm, five terrible. businesses. And not only that, all the land and the wildlife. So, you know, you've got these drought and this extreme fire danger, and then you've got clowns, idiots, that, you know, think it's gratifying to go around and, you know, and add to the fires. So, what the hell you know, is wrong when with people? You, Seriously, I think some yeah, of it. I think honestly. there was some. I saw some stories too somewhere where where one or two, where one of the fires at least were lit, lit by kids. So yeah. it's you know yeah. <laughs> it's very difficult. I, but yeah, I don't understand these people that actually physically go out and light them. I mean, okay, you're going to get light. You know, you're going to get fires that are ignited by lightning strikes, and that's nature. But. For people that go out and just deliberately light a fire, I mean, fair income. It should be minimum 10 like years. And the firestorms, right the, yeah. say the ambers and the wind, the embers and all that and the wind pick up. And, uh, I mean, it's just, it is amazing how fast they'll travel. I mean, we had some big bushfires right. not far from here around the um, west, in between that, uh, near Wiseman's Ferry, that area there, around Maruta mm. years ago. And, the devastation and, and, and the properties and the houses lost, it was just uh, absolutely terrible. And, and it would happen so fast. You, you talk to people that have been through it and they say, you, you just cannot believe the speed of the things, of, yeah. of, of, of gum trees just exploding. Yep. You know? Yeah. And, and when that happens, lit by some idiot that's just gone out and lit, has gone out into the bush and, and, and purposely um, lit the fire is just absolutely ludicrous. And I mean... To, I, don't, it just, I don't know why people do that sort of thing, but anyway. No. Um, and, you know, absolutely. And, you know, if we, you know, back in, in, if we jump back into the Guy Fawkes area as well, you know, we have seen a number of homes destroyed due to the fires. And also, you know, we've got to remember the fact that this area was in really bad drought before. So, you know, these fires have ripped through. And, and some of these farmers, or a lot of the farmers have, been um, stockpiling a lot of seed for their livestock and any seed that was left on the ground to a lot of that's been burnt so you know it's it's been devastating to them and not only that we've seen kilometers and kilometers of um, fencing destroyed and livestock killed so you know we've got to think these fires might be burning for the next three weeks as well but we have got to think forward as well, um, you know, and really be there and, and if we can lend a hand to the farmers and, and to the communities, you know, to really help get back on track after this because there is a lot to, um, you know, a lot to try and rebuild and, and pick up after after this. So, right. you hard, know. It's and, a hard country, Rico, isn't it? Remember oh, like the big floods in Julia Creek, you know, earlier on in the year? And yep. It's just, you know, and up there when they lost all those thousands ahead of stock with the floods and... And all that and out there. And then, but then after that devastation, the water washes down and then fills up Birdsville and floods. Just amazing. Right? Yep. And floods Birdsville and places like that. It's just a, it is yeah. an unbelievable hard country where you've got... resilient people in the world. Oh, mate. People that live in the bush. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, all absolutely. right. Have you heard, have you heard it's, anything? It's, it's been... Sorry, go Sorry. on. Yeah, you go. Um, I was just saying, going to say, it, you know... We are very resilient, but we're also, it's really made me proud hearing a lot of stories at the moment. Um, you know, I've been told um, that there's been people going into the local petrol stations up there 
um, and just giving the petrol stations money and saying, look, if any fireys come by or anyone that's been affected by the fires, pay the bill for whatever they need. You know, there's been people that have been going into the rural supply shops and even cafes and saying if someone needs um, needs a meal, um, needs a hand, use this money to pay the bill. So hearing things like this at these times, yeah, it's, um, you know, we're beautiful people, Australians. That's the sort of thing that makes you proud to be an Australian, isn't it? And you hear that sort of stuff? Yeah. That's right. Have you heard anything about the fires up right up the top near Cape York? Because I saw some stuff this morning where the old Telegraph tracks closed, Rico, due to the fires up there. Uh, Oh, wow. I saw that at all. I don't know whether it's true or not. I saw that on social media. So uh, maybe anyone up there knows, let us know. Even up in, you know, in the Northern Territory, we've seen in the last two days millions of dollars worth of mango crops destroyed. Mm-hmm. As well, so you know we're seeing this devastation around the country at the moment, and, and like you said before, um, you know we're not even really in the guts of, of summer, you know. No, not um, even close. You know, so we really, yeah, we we really we're seeing this now, um, you know. But there's a few things that you can do as well. Um, you know, we have seen people getting together. Um, you know, in baking and supplying some food for, for the firefighters and evacuation centres and, you know, affected communities. But there's a really great website called Give It, which is givit.org.au. And what you can do in there, you can go in and you can donate, um, you know, to um, people that are affected. Um, but you don't have to necessarily do a monetary um, donation. The great option on that website too is that you can actually donate your services as well. So you might, you know, be able to go and, um, you know, help rebuild fences. So you can jump on that website and donate your services. You can also donate things too. So, you know, um, yeah, some food and different things. So that is a great website. Give it. G-I-V-I-T.org.au. So give it. If you want to lend a hand to. Give it.org.au. Is that it? That's it. Yeah. Okay. That sounds like a go, Rico. Yeah, that's fantastic. All right, Shazza. What else is happening? Well, how's the wedding planning coming along? <laughs> Not bad. I think we finally set a date, October seventeenth next year. Right. So we're we're throwing up because um, we'd love to do New Year's Eve twenty twenty. But then I had to be realistic. Going, you know, it's summer. It's an outdoor wedding, so you know maybe that won't be the best doing it in December. So I mean, October weather's quite good. So we thought let's just set it October seventeenth. So yeah. You got what you're going to do? The, what all you... the planning. You were going to have the wedding on New Year's Eve. We were, because I thought, look, what a great day. Yeah, I understand that, but you might think that some people might, do you think some people might actually be on holidays or something? Well, that's the whole point. People can come on holidays to the Coast Coast Mm. and, um, you know, that are there for the the wedding and, you know, make a bit of a holiday out of it. Wouldn't it be good if you could say, I do, right on midnight? Was that the plan or...? (laughs) I think Dale might be a bit buggered by midnight. Don't you? <laughs> <laughs> the alcoholic beverages. I don't think we'll get an idea out of it at all. <laughs> we don't want to know what Dale's pro- We don't want to know what Dale's. We don't want to know what Dale's problems are. I mean, fair <laughs> So he's he's pooped by midnight, is he? Yeah. 
Oh, like not, if not he's a had a few alcoholic beverages, I don't think he'll be able to string a sentence together. Like, uh, I, guess, I do at midnight. Who knows? Listen, Dale, you better mate, Dale, you better aim up, son. Yeah, I mean, fair work on your form. Jeez. I mean, mate, not only but you're the luckiest bloke in Australia, Dale. Anyway, <laughs> but he's not stupid because when Shazza went to New York for six months, he put the ring on her finger and put her on the plane. <laughs> yeah. And went here, you go. No one's uh, going to come near you now. Oh, unbelievable. <laughs> anyway, well, I, I, that would have been the go. I mean, you could have, you know, I, you, if you were going to do it on New Year's Eve, you would have to do the big I do at midnight, I reckon. You'd have to yeah, time it. I so thought, that, you know, you, you've, so you've, you've basically just one I don't know year. about that because then you've, then you've got to hire your mag- marriage celebrant for two days. Yeah, oh, no, but yeah. if you just hire them for the, the no, you don't. Public holiday rate. Yeah, that's oh, right. Yeah. No, yeah. That's it, yeah. <laughs> Well, like what exactly, we'll do, well, I'll do the course. What that. I'll do, I'll do the course. I'll do the course. I mean, how, how do you become a marriage celebrant? It can't be that hard. I mean, you just do some no, course. No, I know, I know some numbers. You'd be paying. You know how, that would be so good. Can you please look into that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, 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 could, you could be one of those like hilarious. Ones. It's like everything else. You've got to pay money. So, I mean, all you do is pay the fee, basically, <laughs> I would say. And, you know, probably tick a few boxes and, you know, a bit of a multiple choice thing. And then my, yep. I could become the marriage celebrant. I reckon I'd yeah. go, imagine that. You could be one of those Elvis ones. That'd be great. No, no, no. None of that Elvis stuff, mate. I'll just be me. I think you'd be fantastic. So please look into that. Jeez, that, that oh, yeah. and, uh, no, no, look, I'm not sure, Chaz. I was G'ing up. Yeah. I mean, you really don't want me, you know, as a no, part I'm of the, one of the biggest not. days of your life <laughs> up there. Yes. <laughs> Well, how good is it? We've, has everyone got a can in their hand? Beauty? Okay, we're going to get things underway now. Right after this break. Yeah. What we'll do next week is we'll get you and Dale on together and I'll do a bit of a, a, bit of a rehearsal. A rehearsal, yeah. yeah We've if, got to do a few rehearsals before the big day. So. Yeah, no, we'll get Dale on and we'll do a rehearsal at the same... We'll get you both on the line and, I'll, and we'll do the rehearsal of me. Oh, right? Lord. Will you write your own vows? Jesus. Um, yeah, I reckon we will. Were you? Some people, but, yeah. I mean, did you do that, Rico? Why not? Um, I don't remember, to be honest, mate. I think I was half myself. You don't remember? No. no I think I've, I think I've suppressed can... that memory. What, what Of your wedding day? It's good to see your missus <laughs> isn't listening to this. Oh, well, we're not married, <laughs> yeah. you see. So tell you you what, better edit that out. He's got big ones, this bloke, Shazza. No, Fair no, no. I mean, he's kidding himself. <laughs> we're not married. Oh, right. Oh well, oh, well, hang on a minute. Well, there you yeah. go. So you obviously don't remember because it didn't happen. <sighs> She's got to play the cards right yet, mate. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> mate, fair dinkum. I keep telling her. Yeah, well, you mate. play your cards Oh, right yeah, I bet, I bet you anything. Yeah, she'd be shitting herself worried. You're not going to no, ask the no, question. No, she keeps saying, you know, where's the ring? Where's the ring? I said, I'll, I'll put it up yeah. with the suffering. How about yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. Jesus. Anyway, I've got to admit, Shazza, when I did it, I just went off the book. Whatever it was was handed to me, and I studied them. And I think I just repeated after the bloke. Yeah. Repeat after me. <laughs> I'm looking at your wedding picture on the wall here in the uh, in the shed, mate. That's yeah. Yeah, it was a long time ago. Yeah, I think um, I long just re- time ago. I remember when they asked me because they asked me um, a few questions about my bride to be, and they said what colour were her eyes, and I just said dark and mysterious. He said very <laughs> good answer, mate. Good answer. Good. I yeah. have no idea. Anyway. Oh, very That'd good. good yeah, good day. Yeah, we were standing at the front with Eskies. As you do. Yeah, everyone's everyone's arriving at the church for the big wedding, and I'm out the front with me mates. Yeah, you're right. See, so he's in there. 
<laughs> anyway, it was a big night, and I've got to say to the uh, for the place where we uh, held the reception, when I said, "Well, we'll pay the extra for the open bar," they said, "No dramas," and, and they've given me the price, whatever it was, and I said, "Yeah, here it is." And uh, I said, "Is that enough?" And they said, "Oh, mate, no one's ever drank that." But they were trying to close the bar at nine thirty. I said, "Nah." Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it was all my, it was all Blackie's um, family that were on the drink. Really, to be honest, and I'm sitting up at the big table looking at trays of black sand booger going across oh. the room and bourbons. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, the bloke, the bloke who owned the bar and the joint was in the fetal position. <laughs> I've just done okay. my ass here. <laughs> I didn't think all these drinkers would be turning up. But anyway, all right, Chaz. Well, look, I reckon that could happen. I think what will happen is I'll, I'll look into it. And so so then it's legal and then I can I can perform the formalities. Oh, man. How's that? There. Right. Get on to, then that's one less thing I have to worry about then. Right, Chaz, be careful. Be careful. I can perform. One less thing to organise. You know what? I could perform the formalities and just gather everyone around, you know. But what do you say? You must say things like, well, it's a beautiful day here at, uh, on, on the on the Coffs Coast. And uh, we, we're glad yeah. everybody turned up. And uh, in particular, Dale's very thankful that Shazza's fronted. <laughs> we thought that she might have had second thoughts. I remember my mother thanked my missus. Yep. Yeah. Thank Christ you turned up. <laughs> She didn't, think, she didn't think she was going to. I think you're going to have to work on that a bit, mate. Anyway, I reckon I'd go good, Chaz, I reckon you would. All right. I've got a, got a few options on something I'm going with Dad at the moment because I said, Dad, how are we going to rock up? Are we going to turn up on the Fergie tractor and the Land Rover on, on a horse? Oh, the massive Ferguson. So, how can you go wrong? I reckon the tractor's yeah. the go. Yeah. The tractor. The tractor's the go. It'll be a slow cutting up the road, though, won't it? Who cares? Everyone yeah, what's like, the rush? Well, just no. What you do yeah. is you park the tractor there in a spot early, and then you just sort of get a lift to the tractor, and then then just drive in. Did the last hundred metres yeah, drive in. on the tractor? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what you do. All right, and we'll I have reckon. To have the dogs up there too? They can't sit on my dress, so yeah. we'll have to throw them up there somewhere. Your old man might have. Your old man might have an opinion on me handling all the formalities, though, Shazza. Uh, I'm just thinking. It's glad. I'm glad you got your invoicing sorted out on your new MacBook, mate, because the wedding planning bill. That, that we're oh, hang on a minute. Exactly. I, I was thinking I was more protein and some, I don't know, maybe some beef and some... <laughs> you got me, I'll do it for steaks and beer. Yeah, I thought that's a good trade. Mm, it'd be probably cheap before you to just get in an invoice, but that's okay. <laughs> no, no, look, listen, I think your old man might look at this and go, mate, look, this is my daughter's wedding. We can't just turn this into an imbecilic circus. I mean, you're yeah. joking, aren't you? I'm sure he's got a shotgun, mate. <laughs> oh, mate, I, I know, and I'm, yeah, I'm, tipping, Dale, I'm tipping Dale soon as well. <laughs> it, it, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> you imagine, did, did your old man take... I'll tell you what. Yeah. <laughs> Can I tell you this story? So the first day Dale kind of came over and, you know, met the folks and did all of that. Yeah. Dad walks in the door, covered in blood, and Dale's gone, Jesus, and Dad sits down and on the lounge and goes, yeah, just finished castrating you know, 40 head of cattle, so... Yeah. <laughs> Watch it sport, you'll be in, next. Covered in blood, and Dale's like, Jesus, what am I getting myself into? Oh, very <laughs> One way good. to scare him off on the first day. I reckon so, mate. Did he take him for that talk up the shed? Yeah, they've had a few... Him and my, um, my brother... Yeah. So Dad and Shane have yeah had, had some good chats with him. Mm. And, he's, no, and he's, he's still fronting up. There you go. 
He, he must is. be must be a solid bloke. I've yeah, met, I've I, met I, Dale. I, I feel have? very lucky. He's just a really good bloke. So yeah, he's not bad. Yeah, he's he not. Is. A... He goes all right. He scrubs up all right too. So. Well, you'd want to hope so. You're marrying the bloke. Yeah, just just not a stayer <laughs> on the drink. That's all. Yeah, yeah. Come on, Dale. Can't can't hold his alcohol well. No, he'll, <laughs> well, he can't get the midnight he'll anyway. Here and uh, say that. No, he's all right. He's all right. Well, good, good stuff. <laughs> all right, Shazza, we'll let you go. Well, all right. So, thanks for bringing us the news on the fires and those websites. That what was that? Give it dot org dot au is that website? Yeah. So, give it, which is g i v i t dot org dot au. So, even if you can't donate, you know, any money, maybe you could donate, um, yeah, some food some or, or donate your services yeah. too. So, right. yeah. All right, Shazza. Well, good performance by you. We'll try and catch up with you next week, eh? Easy done. Cheers, guys. In the meantime, I'll look into that marriage celebrancy uh, course. Oh, no. Uh, I'm tipping I just need the... Mate, I reckon, look, like everything these days, you get on a computer and you have a credit card already. Yep. Absolutely. You don't have to go anywhere these days to do anything. You just sit there, no, you just you turn don't. your computer on, and you make sure you... But you've got to have the credit card no, because everything costs money. Look, look into becoming a doctor while you're at it. That, that'd be interesting. No. Dr. Duck. It wouldn't be real good. <laughs> that sounds good. You can sit there in front of the fire, yeah. get married, celebrate certificate, and you're all done. Yeah. Mate, I'd just be writing subscriptions for cartons of twoies and Panadol. <laughs> all right. Well, I'll let you go, Shazza. We'll talk to you next week, eh? Anything done. See all you, guys. Right. See, See you, Shazza. And that was Shazza Charmaine Perry, and uh, she's a good country girl getting married next year, Rico. Yeah, October 17. There you go. The date's been set. Keep an so, eye on the mailbox for the invitation. Yes, and I can just see myself standing up there with the um, with the gown on, doing the um, the celebrancy or whatever it is. Yeah, that that oh. yeah. Oh, geez. What? What do they call it? The um, Something in pomp. What do they call it? Pomp and ceremony. It's pomp and ceremony. That'll be me. Kidding, <laughs> 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 yeah. Anyway, it'll be a great idea until Shazza's oh, father. I think if is you walked into it. a church, mate, it'd burn down. I mean, if it, mate, I, I reckon what'll happen is it'll be a great idea until Shazza's father hears about it and he yeah. just says, "Mate, we're not turning it into a fiasco." Anyway, moving right along, mate. We should um, get on to your uh, next topic, and which is your Australia rediscovered project here yeah well this this is a cool one i mm. like this um i've got to admit i'm i'm not uber familiar with with the story um it's another one of those great australian you know i, I don't want to use the word myth because that's that's you know sort of writing it off but it, but it certainly is one of those you know stories of mystery and does it exist doesn't exist all that sort of thing and people have been talking about it for years and years and years and it's the story of lassiter's reef mm. So the bloke Lasseter, Harold Bell Lasseter was his name. And uh, in 1929 and, and 1930, he made claims that... Um, hang on a second, just lost my spot already. Oh, mate, this is embarrassing. Oh, terrible. That in, in either 1911 or 1897, he discovered this very, very rich gold deposit mm. while he was out um, making his way through the Western Australia gold fields. So... On October 1929, he wrote a letter to the Kalgoorlie Federal member saying that he's discovered this vast gold-bearing reef in Central Australia. This is, you know, 18 years after the after the fact, and he reckons it's located on the western edge of the McDonnell Ranges, which runs sort of from Alice Springs out sort of north of Uluru, so it goes for a fair way. And he's made the claim to other officials as well. Um, 
So during the time that he said he was out there, he said he was out there in, in either 1911 or 1897. He couldn't be sure, mm. which is a fair vast gap, really, in time, um, which just sort of cast doubt on his claim. And there's a fair bit of that that goes on in this story. But uh, during that time, he, he was actually living on a farm in Tabulum, which is right up there where the North, uh, New South Wales and Queensland borders meet on the eastern coast, sort of yep. just, just inland. So it was a bloody long way from where he's talking about. Um, but he's also provided a different story to a bloke in the Australian Workers' Union. So he was basically talking to anyone who might listen and, and give him a little bit of, uh, bit of air time, I suppose. He's saying that as a young man at the age of 17, he rode on a horse from Queensland to the West Australian goldfields, and during that time he stumbled across this huge gold reef somewhere near the border between the Northern Territory and WA. So that's that's still a long way from where he first claimed it was, which is near the McDonald Ranges. Mm. There's starting to be little holes in his story here. How good are the McDonald Ranges? Oh, spectacular. Yeah, love them. Love spectacular. them. Spectacular. Mm. Beautiful part of the world. Yeah, absolutely. If you go I mean, do the binge track. It's not, not much of a detour to go check it out. No, exactly. So, um, yeah, when he was 17, and the other hole in his story was that during that time he'd been sentenced to reform school. So how could he be out there in the bush riding from Queensland to the West Australian goldfields if he was in reform school? Although there was a small period of time where he got out of there. Um, so... Maybe he had time to go and do this thing, but I don't know. I just don't know. Um, so he reckons he's around 1,100 kilometres west of Alice Springs in a line towards Kalgoorlie. Uh, and when he made the discovery, he got into difficulties and was fortuitously rescued by a passing Afghan camel driver who took him to the camp of a surveyor, bloke by the name of Joseph Harding. Harding and Lassiter were said to have returned to the reef in an attempt to nailed down the location but their watches failed so the the bearings they came up with were inaccurate so back in those days when they were doing um surveying and things like that timepieces were a critical part of that because they'd measure the time as well so with that with the watches being out obviously it puts them out uh and there's been other stories with things like that as well where uh surveyors have put you know marker posts in the wrong spot and things like that because either you know, the change stretch or, or the timing was out by a minute or two and it, and it makes a big difference to the end result. Um, so there were two different versions of finding the reef and they're both conflicting. So it's, it's hard to say whether it's there or not, but he basically went to his grave swearing it was there and he spent a lot of his life back out there trying to find it. Yeah, right. Because, you know, he reckoned it was worth millions and millions. So it's an interesting thing. Dick Smith's had a lot to do with, with checking it out to mm. see if this is a legit story. Um, he spent a fair bit of time out there. How'd he go? He no joy, no uh, joy. No. Although he did discover a um, a lost light aircraft in the Tanami Desert, which had been you know, long since forgotten. So mm. that was pretty cool. Um, yeah, so for the next 30 years, he, he spent time just trying to raise the money and interest in, in getting out there. And in 1930, an expedition did actually go out there. So this is right in the grip of the Great Depression where anyone was clinging to hope of anything mm. to, to be able to pull themselves out of the doldrums and, and make a few bucks. Um, so in July 1930, they left Alice Springs and, and Lassiter was nothing more than a vague guide <laughs> along the journey. Um, so they, they headed out there to a place called Lake Mackay. 
and the group that were out there, they endured some some fairly, you know, harsh sort of conditions, logistical difficulties, physical hardships, um, you know, everything you can imagine out in those sort of very remote areas. Now, when they got to Mount Marjorie, which is now known as Mount Leesler, Lasseter declared that they were 150 k's too far north. And the bloke who was running the whole thing got the shits and said, mate, you're just full of it. I'm out of here. And ended the expedition there and there and off he went. So basically left him there, pretty much. But it's sounding like he could have been full of it. You think? (laughs) Yeah, I wouldn't mind going out there and having a look. Oh, mate, yeah. Well, plenty of other people have gone out there and wasted their time. Yeah, that's right. Do you want to be one of them? Oh, look, I don't know if it'd be a waste of time. It'd be fun. Oh, it'd be fun doing it, but I mean... But there's... uh, um, He could have... Mate, you know what? He could have been just making it up. He well could have been, but he also, you know... His credibility's not looking real flash. It's not looking real flash, Because all like Dick Smith goes out and has a look for it and can't find it. But anyway, it's a good yarn. Yep. Well, they they reckon it's out there, so... Okay. I'd like to go and have a look. Yeah, well, you can go out and check I'll that take, out. I'll take my metal detector. Take your metal detector out there and uh, and you do it. I just think, uh, mate, it's, <laughs> mate, there were a lot of characters around in those days, you know. Oh, I'm sure there were. <laughs> I'm sure there were. You know, especially at that time, you know, people were that desperate. Mm. Oh, well, mate, like you say, it was very, very tough, uh, very tough times. And um, before uh, World War II, it was very, very, you know, times were tough. Yeah. And, and I guess the other thing that goes against it as well is the geological studies. Uh, that they say there's no way that there's a quartz reef in that region, mm. let alone a gold-bearing quartz reef. So, yeah, no, absolutely. You know, maybe I'll save the fuel and uh, and ride it off as well. Yeah, yeah, I, I wouldn't. I, mate, you know what? I think it's. Uh, I, I would say that bloke would have to be one of the great characters of all time. Well, he certainly fooled a lot of people for a long time. Mm. That's for sure and certain. Especially if he found it and then couldn't find his way back there. Yeah, I can understand that. You know, once yeah. you get out to those regions, it's... Yeah. Um, you know, anyway. If, anyway. You, oh, well. if you're not a trained navigator, mm. you know, and be able to navigate by the stars and have all of the, the right navigation tools that they had in those days, mm. yeah, it, it'd be hard to find your way back to a particular spot, that's for sure. Absolutely. Well, let me tell you one spot that we love to find our way back to, Rico, is Birdsville. Yes. We love going to Birdsville, and we love going to Birdsville for the big red bash that's on in July each year. And, uh, and we were talking about it earlier on our podcast here that most people now, you do I talk to, have been to the Big Red Bash not once but twice and sometimes even more than that. And I'm happy to say, let's hope, that our man Greg Donovan from the Big Red Bash is on the line. Greg, how are you, mate? Good, good. I am on the line. There you go, yeah. mate. Welcome to the, Reed, Rick, uh, the Duck and Rico's Red Dirt podcast. Red dirt. I love the sound of red dirt. Well, you've seen <laughs> you've seen plenty of it, mate. <laughs> yeah, there's plenty of it still in my car. Yeah, I reckon you'd still be washing that out, wouldn't you, mate? Now yeah, we'll yeah. we'll get you on the radio too, mate, to have a chat about this because you made the announcement of next year's lineup, and uh, yeah. as usual, you haven't let anybody down, mate. Just run through the lineup and who the headline yeah. act is. Well, another cracking lineup for 2020. We can't wait. The reaction's just been amazing. But uh, we've got Paul Kelly coming back next year, so he's uh, he's our official headliner, which is fantastic. Looking forward to getting Paul back and uh, having him playing in front of the June. Last time he played there was 2016, so it'll be four years between uh, between that. And uh, he was playing in Birdsville on the Oval because we got yeah, uh, that's right. washed out. From, oh, out a great photo of that. That's right. I was there. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, right. it's great to uh, have him out there. But we've got, uh, along with Paul Kelly, we've got Tim Finn, 
um, Kate Tabrano, Ian Moss, uh, John Williamson. John's obviously the guy who started the whole uh, whole thing up when we uh, started back in 2013. Isn't he? Um, he's so going to be great. for a shock, isn't he, Greg? Like when John Williamson goes <laughs> back out there, we, and we mentioned this earlier, you wouldn't have heard it. And I, and I, and I think I know when I discussed, I spoke to you on the radio after um, this year's bash. What what Casey Chambers thought when she went back there, and I mean he's in for a, he's in for a massive shock, John Williamson, isn't he? Because he's been there. He basically <laughs> yep. kicked, he kicked it off really. Yeah, yeah. It was also like a little sing along around the campfire when he was there. We had a few hundred people, and uh, that that was that was it. With a little makeshift stage, and uh, we uh, pinched the backup generator from the Birdsville Airport. Got in a bit of strife for that, but needed the, <laughs> needed the generator. Um, yeah, yeah, back in the back in the early days, so it's fantastic to uh, have him back, and he will. He'll be he'll be looking at and going, oh my god. <laughs> well, I'm sure he's across it. I mean, I'm sure he's obviously seen oh, yeah, footage yeah, of it. He's yeah, across no, the fact that now it's a major yeah. it's a major production these days. Yep, but just yep. when he's up on that stage and you know he's playing in front of nine thousand people all screaming for him, how, I mean, how, he's old, how old would John Williamson be these days? He must be. Uh, I think he'd be around the seventy mark. Don't, wow. don't quote me on the exact age, mm. but I know it's his fifth. Uh, next year he's celebrating his fiftieth year of touring, and uh, sort of starting to wind down the touring side of things. So uh, no, it's great to have him hosting there for. Oh, what a part trooper. of his uh, 50th, 50th anniversary tour. So very, we used, very special. We used to watch him in the Black the Blacktown East pub every Wednesday night. Oh, really? Mm, me and a handful of mates. The Blacktown East pub. Yeah, there you go. Long time Those ago. Those were the days. Those <laughs> were the days. And I'm telling you, that, would, yeah. that was, mate, that was about was 40 years ago. Yeah. Well, Showing yeah. your age too, mate. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so Ian Moss yeah, as well, well, that'll be good. Well, 30 yeah, years Moss, ago. Yeah, look, mm, yeah, sorry, yeah, no, Moss is... Mossy's, Mossy's, uh, he was puts on a good show and he loves being out there. We couldn't get rid of him the last time. He did a show on the second last day and he said, oh, Greg, you got any more rooms? I said, oh, this is great. I want to stay another day. So let's organise that for him. But uh, no, he, he loves the red dirt. Um, he's he's uh, originally from El, you know, out of Alice Springs, so he's got that outback uh, yeah. red, dirt, red dirt in his blood. So, oh, he's um, he's yeah. an incredible performer. He's great live. What, yeah, what will no, you do with it's a, it's a huge lineup, and if people want to check it out, they can go to the website and they can jump on the Facebook and and have a look at everything you've got on there, mate. It, 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 it will you sell more tickets next year, or have you you think you've capped at your numbers? What, what what's no, your look, plan I think there? We're 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 sort of around about where we're at. We sold about nine. Uh, we're about up around the nine thousand two mark last year. We, that was a, that was around about the same we had in 2018 with John Farnham and uh, you know we wanted to keep it about the same. We wanted to you know really get on top of all of our logistics and management uh, and everything and uh, make sure it all ran smoothly and uh, you know we had a few little, little odds and ends to, to, to focus on which we did this year. So I look at with the 9,000 people that ran so smoothly we didn't have any significant sort of queues getting in or out, no issues on site. Everybody was uh, Everybody had a, a good time. wasn't wasn't too crowded on site. You know, not nobody felt packed in. Uh, you know, we allocate everybody a new campsite. They get a hundred square metre campsite, which is plenty big enough for your van or mm. whatever you, whatever setup you got. Um, you know, plenty of toilets. Everything went went smoothly. So look, we might we might push the numbers just a little bit, but they're not going to go up too much. We might sort of you know, if anything, it might just go up five percent. We round things off at about ten, but. Look, that depends. I'm sure we'll, we'll uh, have enough demand for the tickets, and we'll just assess things as they as they run along. Yeah, you'll definitely get the, the, the definitely plenty of interest in uh, people wanting to buy tickets. In fact, we were mentioning before that um, there are people already planning their trip for next year. The um, 
Mate, did the bakery, what happened? Is the bakery back open in Birdsville now, do you know, or is it still closed? No, no, she's still closed. I know, uh, you know, obviously the, um, there's been a, a few issues with that, but uh, look, we're, we're pretty hopeful that, uh, uh, I don't think it'll be open again this tourist season, but, you know, hopefully things get sorted out over the summer and uh, she'll be back up and going again for uh, for next year for tourist season, including the bash and the races that are, that are on in September. So yeah, exactly. we're keeping our fingers crossed. Everyone loves to get to the bakery and, and have a camel pie and it's just part of a, Part of the uh, you know fabric of uh, whole Birdsville. experience, yeah. Mm. Whole whole virtual experience. So I know that is a shame. Sorry, yeah, exactly. It was a shame, and I know that um, that Batuta pub as well. I'm not sure what the, what's going on out there with that, but I mean that that should. Uh, apparently, he's yeah. jumped in. He's bumped into a few hurdles as well, trying to get that pub <laughs> open. I mean, yeah, I think he's, uh, he's he's bitten off a fair bit there with uh, yeah. getting that up and going, and it's, it's running to a few bits and pieces. But look, hopefully, uh, you know, it's taking him uh, like all these. Projects they seem to take a bit longer than than expected, but hope, you know I'm hope sure we'll uh, get all the bits and pieces sorted out, and uh, they'll be up and going next year. So it'll be a great, uh, great thing for the for the area. You know, there's a long way between uh, a long way between Windor and Birdsville on that road, it's only 400 k. So they have a nice stop off uh, along the way, and uh, somewhere to uh, grab a bite, never. Have a drink and uh, you know even even stay for the night. It's um, mm, you know, yeah, real, that'd be real great. great addition. Well, just great add addition to the add area. to the add to the experience. I mean, I mean Absolutely, what you I yeah. mean what you've done out there, Greg. Really is just um. I mean you have done. You've achieved more than what you ever thought you would, and you've achieved things that you didn't even plan on achieving. And that was the boost to the local economies out there. And we say it every time that yeah, you, know, you talk to people in in different parts of surrounding districts, and they can be for you know, six, seven hundred kilometres away, that now have to factor in the fact that the Big Red Bash is on. That's right, it's their biggest week of the year. And it's their biggest week of the year and there are roadhouses yep. and there are there are pubs and there are places and businesses and small businesses that are out there struggling, you know, yep. who now rely on you to um, to give them that extra to, to keep them going. And, mate, hats off to you. I mean, you and your wife, Raylene, I know it's... It can be stressful on you as a family. It's a family business, the Big Red Bash. I don't think people realise that. It's actually yeah, a no, little. It's, it's a family. It's, it's a, a small family, family business. Yeah. Your daughter's working yeah. with you, and your young bloke, and yep. your wife, yeah, and my daughter. Yep. Yeah, my daughter. She does all the merchandise. I give. I have to give her some time off. She's due for a baby next week. She's got some excuse. She needs a couple of weeks off work. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you're gonna be a grandfather, uh, yeah. mate. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yep. I've already got one. No, she's already got one. This will be a second one. Oh, so right. Okay. Yeah, Starting good stuff. Old with two, two grandkids, so <laughs> yeah, you on your toes, mate. Jeez. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, mate, it's a huge lineup again. So, people that want to go, they can, uh, can get on now. When when do the tickets go on sale? Uh, they, we put them on sale on Thursday morning. So we announced the lineup last Thursday. Look, the, the reception, uh, you know, the feedback's just been phenomenal. So yep. you know, we, you know, we don't know how tickets going to sell, sell till they go on sale. But look, there's every indication that. Um, you know they'll be they'll be walking out the door, so we'll just keep an eye on that. But um, you know people should we put them on sale ten months or nine and a half months ahead, so people can plan ahead and their trip and you know get the group together and whatever. But uh, and we'll we'll keep people updated and uh, look at tickets are going pretty fast and look like selling out. Uh, you know early we'll we'll let people know so they can they can get on board. We we've, we've got things like um, you know a payment plan so you can pay. 
Uh, over five instalments for your ticket makes it easy. You just pay the first instalment now, and you don't have to start paying for the rest of them until about March March next year. So How good's that? You know, it's easy easy to get a uh, grab a grab a secure a ticket uh, without too much outlay up front and worry about paying for it. You know, sometime next year. I know. Make, <laughs> make sure you save us a few. Because uh, I'm tipping that we're going to be there. Maybe, maybe we should do some sort of giveaway duck where you can come mm. and experience the big red bass with the duck and Rico. Oh, yeah. that'd be, that'd that'd be second prize, yeah. guys. We'll, we'll, we'll look after you. That'd we'll be that'd be second guys. prize. First prize would be doing the big red bass without the duck and Rico. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Be too many people yeah. want to be up there with me, mate. <laughs> but, um, no, all good. Well, what we might do, Greg, we'll have a chat. This is just our podcast. We'll have a chat to you on the yeah. radio this week as well, yeah. and uh, spread the word because be uh, obviously we've reached a lot of people on the radio right across Australia and we want to... Oh, the podcast is we, going all right, mate. Yeah, it is, but you know, yeah. it's yeah. hard to beat under, so. under an 80 radio station. We'll get you on <laughs> and we'll have a chat yeah. about that as well, yeah. mate, because um, it looks like a fantastic lineup, and tickets will be on sale this week, so that'll be a good thing. We'll, so we'll get you on that yeah. as well. But, mate, good luck with it. Well done. I mean, it's... Uh, it's no, right. thanks for that. Geez, yeah. the payment no, plan's but, a good idea, isn't it? That's fantastic. Yeah, it is. It just makes it easy. You just say you grab the ticket and uh, you worry about paying the rest. So you paid in four installments, so you hardly... The you won't even notice it, yeah. March, April, May, June, you know, we won't even notice the money's gone, but you'll, you'll definitely notice the good time again, haven't we, in uh, coming July. Yeah, uh, Mary's last lifetime. Did you, um, but you, I think you were in the financial banking business, weren't you, at some stage? Yeah, yeah, I was in. Uh, I was an executive. I did insurance, and banking, and all that sort of stuff. But, there you uh, go. So what a change. Years, so yeah, a bit of a change. Yeah, <laughs> but he's just bringing uh, out the old, yeah. you know, the old banking card. Get it out of him, see. Bring in the old <laughs> pay as you go yeah. plan. That's a great pay idea. Yeah, great yeah. idea, yeah. mate. Great <laughs> idea. Well, another good yeah, lineup, man. and like we say, people can go jump on the uh, Big Red Bash Facebook page and the website. Check out the lineup for yourself. It is a beauty. And um, look, I, I saw some video of. Um, you got the Shantuzis back? No, no, we had the Shantuzis uh, this year, uh, but not next year. We've got Kate, Kate Sobrano. Oh, Kate Sobrano. I was, was Kate Sobrano I saw. Sorry, yeah, Kate Sobrano. Yeah, yeah, we put a video of Kate up. Yeah, I saw that video. Sorry. No, about me. I probably had a few. I'd probably had a couple of beers when I looked at that video, Greg. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, yeah, Kay Sobrano, I saw that because she was she was fairly popular out there in, in the time she's been there. Oh, look, she. Uh, we always get great feedback. The crowd really mm. loves Kate. She puts on an awesome show and. Uh, you know, she's such a, such a nice person and, uh, you know, really, you know, she's really excited about coming out and that shows, you know, when, when she's happy and excited, you, you put on a great performance. So, uh, everyone loves Kate, Kate, so she was a no-brainer to have uh, her come back this year. Yep. It's great. All yeah. right, mate. Well, we'll plug it, as you know, and we'll do it here. We'll do it on the radio as well and um, any help that we can give you, mate. Not that you need our help these days. In the early days, you'd be on the phone to us. Now we've got to ring you. No, well, yeah. Hey, on the early days, Greg would <laughs> no, be chasing you, me. Oh, now you got to book a time. Yeah, no, yeah, we really, really appreciate all the support you've given us over the years. No, it's been, all uh, good, mate. It's all friends, good. Good friends in the big red bash, and uh, yep. yeah, you're welcome. Welcome out any any time at all. No, yeah. no worries at all, mate. And we might even have a bit of a chat and give away some sort of a prize on the radio. Wouldn't that be good? Yeah, I think yeah, last time we did it one year, didn't we? We gave away a couple of tickets and the fuel and CB radios I, and. I, I, I think we did. I yeah. think we did something. I think you had a radio sponsor, maybe you some stuff. Yeah, we did something, yeah. Put together a, a bit of a packaging thing. So, yeah, yeah. no, happy to, happy to have a look at that, eh? Yeah, all right. All good. And we actually even did a radio show there, Rico, one time. And yeah, we had Greg that. as our co-host. I was camped next to yeah, The Big Red Bash at, radio show. Remember that at the pub? Yeah, that's right. At the pub, live from the Birdsville Hotel. Yeah, well, we How might have. We will look at doing something like that again, too, I reckon. That was... Um, that was pretty good. I need yeah. to talk to you about it that because I've had, I've had some interest from some network stations, mate. So we'll have a chat awesome. about that yeah. as well. It was uh, it, 
was real good fun. So, yeah. All good. All right, mate. Well, we'll let you go. Well right. done. And we'll keep in touch. Don't and worry. obviously, um, I'll uh, be in touch. We might get you on the radio again this week. Run through that yeah, line-up and, then, and, um, and let as many people know that we can that the line-up's announced and the fact that tickets will be on sale this week as well. So good on you, Greg. Awesome. No worries. Thanks, guys. Great to chat. Good on you, mate. And that was Greg Donovan. And how good is the Big Red Bash? Oh, mate, it is just, it has become an iconic event, hasn't it? It's, well, it's a must-do. It's one of those places you've got to, you've got to do it. You, you need to get out there and have a crack. If you, you haven't been... A lot, of, a lot of people that, that go out there, that's their first real big outback trip. Mm, definitely. Yeah, I mean, I, and the thing is now, it, it's it's one of those must-dos. I mean, everyone says, oh, you've got to go to the Cape, you've got to do the Kimberleys, you know, you've got to do this, you've got to do that. Now you've got to do the Big Red Bash. Oh, it's, it's just, you know, he's done a great job. It. He's you done a great job, mate. He's a... He's a He's done a great job, Greg, and his wife, um, Raylene. And like you said, it's a family business, and that's what people don't understand. It's not some big, you know, company somewhere in yeah, Melbourne yeah. that's putting this on. I mean, Greg lives in the northern beaches of Sydney. It's a family business. How good is it? I mean, he's done, such, he's done so well. Now, mate, before we get out of here today, I thought we might just touch on this. Um, I call you Greg now, Rico. You notice Bluey's a bit quiet today. Yeah. I heard a few comments about uh, Bluey last week, how good it was to hear him on the program. I was going to bring him in, but uh, you can tell it's a rainy day here. He's in a nice warm no, spot somewhere. Right. No, well, he's not by the fire. So. He's not by the fire. He's well, not, he's not here, getting but... hassled by the magpies either, which is good. No, they always got me. Have you ever been done by a magpie? Oh, yeah. <sighs> Why aren't they ferocious things? There, there's no way to get attacked by a magpie and maintain your dignity. It's just not possible. Have you seen that photo around on social media with the bloke on the pushbike with the magpie right behind his head? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, here yeah, it's magpie season, so look out. But mate, I, I was I was doing something yesterday, and I thought, what the hell's that? And I thought they were doves. What are these wings yeah, flapping? Yeah, you hear the swoop coming. And then I, I turned around again. And there he was, and he's coming to have another crack at me. And then he, and then sat on this tree branch, just sussing me right out. And I thought, mate, you're kidding. <laughs> I mean, I've seen people get done by them and get attacked and. Mate, they're, they're pretty full on, aren't oh, they? Mate, our, our walk to school used to be just fraught with danger. Yeah. It, it was <laughs> fair dinkum. Yeah, it was like walking the, running the gauntlet, you know? Yeah, it's all Through the valley of the shadow of death, well, trying to mag- get through the paddock. Exactly. Well, it's magpie season, so keep your eye out for that. Now, look, I just wanted to just touch on this, uh, Rico, before um, we go today. But, look, parts of regional New South Wales could run out of water as early as November with data showing the worst-case scenario for the state if there's no rain or government intervention, which I think it's a bit late for government intervention. They should have intervened long ago. Long ago. Right. Talk um, to the people of Broken Hill and see what they have to say about it. I mean, fair dinkum. Like the projections from New South Wales River Operator and the bulk water supplier, Water New South Wales, they show that without significant rain, the first towns to lose water supply, ready for this, will be Dubbo, I mean, that's not exactly a small town, Dubbo. 40,000 people live right. in Dubbo. Cobar, Ningen and Narramine, with the Macquarie, Re- Macquarie River forecast to run dry by November. Wow. I mean, this is on news.com. I saw this over the weekend. Mate, this is a, a massive story. Um, look, I, to be honest, when you, when you look at towns like Dubbo, Cobar and Narramine, running out of water, that is, mate, that's catastrophic. Absolutely it is. You know, like you said, Dubbo's not a small town. It's 40,000 people. It's it's a massive regional hub. Mm. You know? So, I mean... What are they going to do? Well, look, I, I just think... Look, 
I did see a plan one one, one time, and I, I look, I'm, I'm not fully across all this, though. We're not a political program here, but the old mate who designed the Harbour Bridge, right? Bradfield had a water plan all those years ago. And I mean, why are we doing something about this? Why, with all the water that's about to hit Cape York, the Northern Territory, the wet season's you yeah, know, almost right, upon the, us. The monsoons. We don't harvest any of this water. No. That's it's just unbelievable. We could water this, with the money we waste, with the money we send overseas, and okay, fair enough, we do our bit, you know, to, to help other countries and people in other countries. But I think there comes a time we've got to start looking after ourselves here a little bit too. Do, and we should do you be, reckon, right? Should we, be some spending some money on infrastructure and channeling this water straight down the middle of the country. We could water the whole place. You know, we send a lot of money to these, um, you know, countries just to the north of us. I'm not going to name names, but do you reckon? You reckon they don't look after themselves first when, yeah, well, when something look, happens there? Well, I think what needs to happen is we need to uh, to look at this. But we just thought we'd get it out there because if you haven't seen it or haven't heard of it, that's how bad it's getting. I mean, everyone talks about the drought and they talk about, you know, we've got to help the farmers, we've got to do all these things, which we do do that and we have to do that. But, geez, we need to we need to put some infrastructure in here real quick. Someone yeah. needs to wake up. When is it going to happen? I mean, when is someone, some politician going to have a set big enough to go, look, we're just going to borrow the money. You borrow it for other shit. Yeah, put it in. I mean, we're about to we're about to cop up. We have a massive wet season up the north last year, or the the, the last wet season was enormous. It was late, but it was huge. But the water ran into the ocean. Yeah, I mean, fair dinkum. Just horrible. Just horrible. You know, so I mean, we need to channel that water. We need we need to run, run. We need to pipe water from north down right down through the centre of the country and branch it out. It's going to cost plenty, but geez, I will tell you what, mate. We could drought-proof the whole place with a, with a bit of fair income now. You know, I've got... I'm only a dummy, mate, but geez, you'd have to think it could happen, surely. I've got family that live in Broken Hill, and sometimes you'll, you'll see a picture of the kids with their skin looking really red and rashy, and it's because of the water. The water there is just so hard mm. because they're, they're basically scraping the bottom of the barrel. Mm. It, it's almost harming them, you know. It's, yeah, well, it's mate, just horrific. It is it's, it's, uh, incredible. And uh, look, I'm telling you now that it's it's ba- it's been described as critical. Well, mate, hello. Thanks, Scoop. Yeah. That, that's, from the, that's from the water minister, Melinda Pavey. Where, where, where were you <laughs> well, it is, it, it is critical, all right. I mean, there are places running out of water. I mean, how bad is it when you're talking about towns like Dubbo in, in Coba, I mean, incredible. Anyway, look, we don't get onto that sort of stuff here, but we just thought we'd let people know this is how bad it's getting. It's only four hours from Sydney. It's not too far away. And the, the thing is here too, and, 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 in, and in Sydney and even on the outskirts of Sydney, they keep, you, you pull down the old, the old five-row house on a quarter-acre block and stick 20 units on it with the same water pipe going in there. Yeah. You, you know, I mean, build some dams. I mean, fair income, but can't be that hard. You know, and, and you've got people that are, that'll be, you know, a little bit further north and west that, that probably run out of water a long time ago saying, mm. hey, what oh, about us? Yeah, exactly. I mean, in Tamworth, I mean, I saw some stuff where people in Tamworth are really struggling. There is a bit of a myth around that the uh, Country Music Festival um, is in doubt. That's not exactly right. I did some homework on that. Uh, but still, the water situation in Tamworth is critical. It is critical. It's just uh, yep. we need to start harvesting this water that falls in the top end of the country during the wet season, and and getting it down to the places that need it. And then we, we could basically start communities 
out in places now where it's pretty dry. If we were smart about it in well, years to come. That's what they've done in America. The, the yeah. trouble with these days, mate, is that politicians are just worried about their own asses and don't really care too much about the future. Some of them, some of them do, but not all of them. I mean, fair dinkum. I mean, this should have been done years ago. Well, you, you look at the US, right? 95% of the Australian population live on the coast. Mm. In the US, you know, they've got deserts in the middle of that continent as well. You look mm. at Nevada and Arizona and those areas, mm. but they managed to do it. Mm. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they built thriving cities in the middle of the desert. Mm, yeah, well, I mean, we need to uh, we need to get some water. That water that we need to harvest the water. I mean, we 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 get a lot of rain in this country. It's all up the top. You should write a strongly worded email, <laughs> please. <laughs> anyway, that's just me being a bit political, and uh, I'm sure, mate. If they could do things that they did back, I mean, the people in you know from years ago, the politicians and. And people from, you know, back in the, the 40s and the 50s, they just had a lot, I don't know, they were, they were for the country. Yep. And I'm sure that some of the blokes, you know, girls that are in oh, it now, no doubt. their heart's in the right place. But it seems over the last few years, it's just more about them saving their own jobs than actually having any sort of intestinal fortitude yeah. and looking after the country for years to come for our kids and our grandkids and great-great-kids with grandkids because, mate, it, there'll be nothing left. That's right. I mean, stop building houses on the fringes of the big cities where everyone wants to live and without building any dams. They can't even build the roads right. Everything's two lanes and, mate, seriously. <laughs> it's, it's just unbelievable. Anyway, that's us being a bit political on the podcast, which is not what it's about. We're about a bit of fun. I hope you've had fun listening to us today. Rico wasn't, wasn't bad. Shazza was good. Always, mate. She, um, I think we make her look good. <laughs> Please. <laughs> anyway, I just think that we'll be now part of the wedding now. We'll be doing the celebrancy and I'll be uh, in charge of that and you can be in charge of something else. Photography, you're pretty good on a camera. I'll, uh, I'll look we'll after get, the drinking. We'll get you up there and uh, she's getting married on the farm. It's going to be fantastic. Yeah, it sounds like it. Yeah, yeah she's a good, good country girl, Shazza. So um, we had a bit of fun with Shazza. Yeah, and, she wanted, and she wanted to just bring to light, um, you know, the um, some awareness with the fires that are around the place and they are and things that you can do to help they are devastating don't forget you can get onto that give it dot org dot com is dot, the uh, dot, dot org dot au yeah get onto that dot org sorry yeah get on that um, give it dot org dot au if you want to send us an email that email address is info at rico and the duck dot com dot au that is the podcast this week we certainly do thank you for tuning in and uh, we'll be back to do it all again next Back to do it all again next week. I don't know what's happened there. I've just muted us there. Oh, that's like good. That. I'm sure plenty of people out there appreciate they that. They probably just thought, hang on, we're gone. Things are looking up. That's it. Well, that's us, Rico. All right, mate. We'll catch you next week. Catch you next week. Thanks for tuning in. And uh, we hope we weren't too boring today. Catch you next week. <laughs> <laughs>